listening to the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast. Eric Navarro, a.k.a. Wisdom, a.k.a. a lot of a.k.a.s. Damn, homie, a lot of a.k.a.s. Welcome to another show of the Emo Podcast, the saddest Mexican. We're here with the homie Eric Navarro, R.N. Wanted to talk to somebody in the nursing field, in the medical field, just because everything that's going on um, as it relates to the pandemic here in Chula Vista, we're, we're one of the zip codes that is like highly affected by this. So we're always masked up. I went to go take my test and it was all part of this episode to sit down with the homie Eric. Eric, welcome, Playboy. It's thank nice you. to see you, my Thank man. you. Thank you. I usually just thank see you, you on me. Sundays on the bike rides and and that's... That's how we got, uh, that's how we all got clicked up all over again, man. I was yes. talking to you and it turns out you went to Bonita as well. Just further proof, Bonita reigns supreme in the South Bay as it relates to high schools. Don't at me. <laughs> what up, bro? <laughs> Nothing, man. Like, um, I'll be honest with you. I worked last night, so I didn't get a lot of sleep. Mm. I worked from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., but I'm always up for a good conversation, good company. Bro, thank you. 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. That's, that's the life of an RN? Or is that the new life of an RN? Um, no, that's legit. Like, you know, um, we work three days a week, 12-hour shifts. Um, whether it be 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. for uh -huh. day shift, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. for night shift. Fuck, bro. So where are you from? Where did you grow up? What, what was your stories? You know, I mean, well, we gotta give, we got, I got to give people the background before we get into Because there's whoa. questions about, you know, like, how do we take care of ourselves and this? And then how do I become a nurse? How is it being a nurse in, in the ICU during the pandemic? But first, let's get the foundation of the RN. Eric Navarro, like, what's up, bro? Where are you from? You're from the South Bay, obviously. Uh, well, yeah, I guess you could say I'm from the South Bay. I feel like I'm from the South Bay. Uh, I am from the South Bay. Uh, born and raised San Diego, California, 1978. What's crazy is my parents actually met the first senior class of Montgomery High School. Montgomery? In the mid-70s. Uh-huh. And they became a couple at some point in time. And my brother was born uh, when I think they were 22. Uh, and, and I was born when they were 23 because they're both the same age, obviously, graduating in the same class. But um, that was, you know, obviously in South San Diego. And then um, I lived all throughout the South Bay uh, with my mom and my brother. Um, my parents got divorced when I was, I want to say, three or four. Oh, little. So, little. yeah, little. I, I mean, like in that text you saw. Like I lived in, um, Maine. Like in 20 different spots in San yeah. Diego, man. Yeah, man. Because, you know, like my mom was a single mom uh -huh. for a little bit and then she got uh, remarried like when I was six or seven, um, to my stepdad, you know, they're still together. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, we just lived all over, lived all over. But, uh, I could say like my formative years were probably spent mostly in Chula Vista. Hell yeah. Just because. Where's your you Chula know, Vista tattoo? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> wisdom, man. Wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, you know, what was crazy is growing up in North Park for a little bit, you know? Um, Tell, educate people on North Park whoa. before tight or skinny jeans and flannels and, and, and out of control beards. I mean, I lived there for three years or actually a little bit longer. My my brother stayed there a little bit longer with my parents um, until he graduated high school. But uh, it was in the mid late 80s uh -huh. uh, to mid 90s. And... It was totally different, man. Was like, it wild? Um, yeah, man. Because you know, thirtieth and University. Yeah, that's like a major hub for like you know bars and restaurants and just like now. a now, like a fun time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Now, but you would you didn't want to be around that intersection or thirtieth and uh, El Cajon uh, at that time period. You know, like when the sun goes down, go home, um, just keep to your own, and um, you know, it was real eye opening. You know, because as a little kid over there. Um, my parents didn't let me, um, you know, go too far from home. Oh, hell no, bro. Yeah. Um, alone. You know what I mean? Uh, if like in my little neighborhood in my little, like little pocket, we could, you know, do whatever. Cause we, there's a lot of canyons over there. So we lived right, right in, 
in a in a canyon. Literally, we literally our house was the last one in a cul-de-sac in the damn canyon, and so we would play in in like it was our backyard. You know what I mean? So, but it was crazy because there was like a bunch of homeless people that lived in the canyon too. So, uh, but we had two um, German shepherds growing up. Like, so they're really, the really guard protective. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> super like barked all the damn time and super protective. So we never felt unsafe at all. When um, did you realize you wanted to get into nursing? Damn. Straight to that, huh? Hell yeah, bro. Never. No. Never. Yeah. Cause you were, you were telling me earlier how most, or I was reading some of the things are accidental that, that happened to you. Just kind of like an unscripted path that you open doors that normally wouldn't be open. And you just kind of jumped on in. I think, you know, at least for speaking for myself, I never wanted to be a nurse because it sounded too important or mm-hmm. professional. Mm-hmm. I was, and still this day, I'm still all about having fun and enjoying myself, you know? Um, but I learned that you can do that and actually help people. And, and so I never took classes seriously. Um, but I decided to take anatomy and physiology in college. I, get, I actually gave myself an ultimatum because I was kicked out of Southwestern College and put on academic probation. Harvard and, on the Hill gave you the boot. Yeah, man. And what's crazy is I ended up going back there to get my nursing degree. Oh, nice. Um, they offer a nursing degree at Southwestern is that still. It's a two-year degree. Okay. Um, and because there's uh, so much impacted um, a field, mm-hmm. uh, employers now require or, you know, they prefer you have a bachelor's or higher um, because there's so many people that want to be nurses. Yeah, especially here in San Diego, because people will get degrees all over the country and want to come to like the the cool places to live. San Diego, possibly like, you know, New York or L.A., uh, San Francisco, big cities. big cities. No one wants to work in like El Centro. Shout out to El Centro. Shout out to El Centro. I got a lot of family and friends, co workers that are from El Centro. You better cover your tracks. Talking Um, nonsense about the Imperial Valley. Good people come from there, man. Hardworking people, man. People that I consider consider my friends and family, you know, that I work with. So it's all But they don't want to work over there. (laughs) A nice place to visit (laughs) (laughs) or drive through. (laughs) But so, yeah, like uh, at that time, what's crazy is. I got hired at a job fair before I even graduated. Can you believe that? So that's no longer the norm, obviously. Now it's a super like cutthroat, hardcore, intense curriculum. Um, the I feel like it's even what well, you said. It's a, you you need a bachelor's degree even to be considered for a position in which you're in now. You may be able to slide through uh-huh. if you were like holding another position in the hospital. Okay, and like you kind of you know keep your ear to the to the ground and and talk to the right people. They'll be like, oh, you're going to school to get your nursing degree. All right, you got your two-year degree. All right, we'll we'll put you in line as long as you're enrolled in a um a step-up program to get your four-year degree. Okay, you know it, it's not an absolute, but um if they see it greases the doorway. Yeah, because if you if they see your if you have a two-year degree and you're or, or you're trying to get your two-year degree and you're like in the door as like a you know an uh, CNA or another position and they see that you're working hard and they like your 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 work ethic and your 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 intelligence, then the managers can be like. I want them once they become a four-year They degree. tag you yes. before you even done. Like, I yes. need that guy. Yes, because that's like, you know, that's good on your resume. You know, you got experience. You're not just like a, a a newbie straight off the street or like, you know, in the books. You actually work with people so they already know how you handle yourself professionally. Plus, we were talking earlier about the importance of a male nurse or the 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 perks of having a male nurse in, in, in your in your area. And we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that when you in, in talk about your ICU. So you self-made kid. uh Moved around a lot, went to Morris, graduated from uh, Bonita, went to Harvard on the Hill, got the boot, gave yourself an ultimatum, get your shit on right, get it handled, succeeded, made, made your mark. Then you became a nurse, RN, Navarro RN. And it was it, you've always been in San Diego as a nurse? Yes, always. I thought about moving, Uh huh. but the, check this out. The place I wanted to move was Japan. Okay. But I thought about it. I was like, how am I going to even communicate with my patients or my coworkers if they're Japanese? You'd be surprised what you can do if you really want to do it. True, true. But I also was thinking, I really love San Diego. Oh, for sure, man. We And I always tell people this is like, we live in a place where people vacation, bro. Hell people yeah. People come here. Some people, their highlight of their year is visiting San Diego, bro. And we, we, we get to wake up and, and be like, oh, cool. We got San Diego. Bro, we went to Ocean Beach last week. We rode our bikes to Ocean Beach. It that was, was a beautiful hell, day. It was a hell of a ride. That you know? was a beautiful but day, But it was too. an awesome ride. It's like, 
we were all like, oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And, and for everybody listening, it's like a 34, 35 mile round trip from the brewery. All the, the side roads that El Profe routed out for us to get there. And we finally got there. And I feel like we all like rode up to the pier, put our bikes to the side. And we just all kind of hung out on the pier. And it was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. Like we, we, we made it to that finish line. That's what I like about our bike rides, man. It's like, um, and it, what's cool, it's like we have old, we have young, we have men, we have women. Like everybody comes out and we just like put out the 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 route like hey this week we're gonna go here boom and then you slowly start people like oh, okay cool i'm in oh i'm in and our group has grown and man we're in we're in the 20s now as it relates and everyone's all masked up and we're outdoors so i mean it, it it lessens the degree of like potential to like you know infect or catch or pass anything and i'm not speaking out of my ass because i got a nurse here who can vouch for that and uh, true that and he was giving us rectal temperature thermometer checks Damn! that's a negative that's a ne- <laughs> but yeah man i mean that's how we met. That is awesome. We started like we started just shooting the shit, just chatting like on our rides and chatting. Because for people who, who haven't gone on a ride yet, I encourage you like at least check it out. Come out with us. Like go out for for a, a nice little ride with us. Because when we stop, we take a break. We'll grab some coffee somewhere. Usually in Barrio, we'll stop on the way back and we we'll have some coffee at Por Vida. And that's when everybody kind of starts getting to know each other, you know. And then then I just shot the shit with you. It's like, oh fuck, you went to Benita. I went to Benita. Oh man, you, you do graffiti. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're from the brewery. Oh, I used to be in hip hop. Oh. And that's just like everybody just kind of starts sharing their stories. And I've dipped into that pool of people that I've met mm-hmm. through cycling to have them on here. You know, like, that's why I have you now, Nurse Navarra. That's exactly you. why. I'm like here. I brought you on. I was like, you know what, bro? And your homie Clint, you know, Hood Heroes, uh, he was telling me, like, bro, right now with everything going on, get Eric in there, bro. Get Eric to I kind of talk about what life in the ICU is right now. La la la. Fast forward. Here we are. Shout out Clint the homie. Mm, um so yeah, bro, I, I just I wanted to bring you in so you can tell us what life in the in the ICU is. What is an ICU? And what do you currently do in the ICU? So ICU, obviously, it's an acronym for intensive care unit. They have a medical uh, ICU and a surgical ICU. Um, just to separate the two, medical would be more chronic diseases, like uh, consequences or uh, conditions related to diabetes, kidney failure, heart disease. Um, and then, you know, surgical ICUs more related to patients that have like um, acute tr- trauma uh, related injuries that require surgery. Um, so we're taking care like elderly people, you know, people with chronic diseases, uh, they could be, uh, acquired through birth uh-huh. or, you know, acquired through lifestyle. Um, and so I've been doing that for about, for literally 14 years, 14 years in the game, 14 years, loving it, loving it. It's a passion um, job, right? It is because if you think about it, the kind of stuff that we do and we see, you can't pay enough money to to, peop- to people that don't love doing that. I mean, you could quit on day one if even if they gave you like a million dollars, you know, like if they you ask see you it to all. do something that you're not really comfortable with. You see it all. We see it all. Oh, man. Inside and out. That's crazy, man. Because so what's the difference between an ICU and an ER? Uh, ER is the reception area. Uh-huh. Take them in, determine where they need to go, you know. And that's when they say, okay, you know, you know, Nurse Navarro, boom, let's get you an ICU. We're going to send this person in here, blah, blah, blah. All right, good. You know, I, I, that's for fucking personal knowledge. I just wanted to find out, man. Uh, you know, you okay? I, you okay? You I, want me to <laughs> want me to treat you right you, now? You, you, you got you, any you, ailments? You explained it perfectly. <laughs> no. And that was other thing, you know, it's like we talked about like how the numbers are skyrocketing right now, bro. You know how, how San Diego, tell me right now, you with, as a professional, what is going on in San Diego, specifically here in the South Bay? Currently with the, with the COVID. You know, I don't, I don't want to be a spokesperson for my particular <clears throat> hospital. Go ahead. But I will just say this, you know, dealing with this whole pandemic is to us, it's never changed. You know, uh, numbers uh, just tell us, you know, when they increase that it's going to last longer. Uh, because, you know, we only have 24, I don't want to say we only have 24 ICU beds in our department, meaning 24 beds to hold 24 patients. Okay. And... So I guess what I'm trying to say is the numbers don't matter. If the beds are filled, we're going to take care of patients, right? But the issue becomes when there's more patients than ICU beds, you know, because people are going to need ventilators, uh, possibly need ventilators, and there's not going to be enough rooms to even hold them. So those people are going to be SOL. Um, Unfortunately, um, what do you do with the people who fall on that list? Well, 
we have a overflow department okay. where we open it up um, and we um, ask nurses to work overtime, our extra shifts uh, to meet that need. Um, and we put them there. It's still an ICU, still ICU nurses, but it's above normal from what we're used to as so, far as like volume. So the hospital is busier than normal. Yes. Is I, it like at capacity? Are you guys overflowing? Are you guys having to tap into other hospitals and reach out? Or? So, you know, we talked about um, our zip code here. Yeah. Nine, nine, one, nine, one, nine, one, zero, nine, or even nine, nine, one, one, four, like all, all of these zip codes down here, man, those are the hotbeds. Those are the ones that always show up on the list now, like surging numbers, like numbers are. So this is why, you know, I work at Sharp Memorial uh, just so people can know. Um, and what we, what ends up happening is Sharp Chula Vista is a smaller hospital than um, Sharp Memorial. Correct. Um, and we're the same system. Um, so what happens is they have the same, if not more beds than us for the ICU, but when they become overflowed, they send the patients to us. And then not only are we handling our regular um, volume of patients, but we take on their patients as well. So, mm. you, you know, we just basically share patients for sure, depending on, you know, who's uh, got the most volume and, and capability to take them on. So that's what ends up happening. So we get patients from Chula Vista, uh, Sharp Chula Vista that are transferred over uh, because they're overflowing with uh, patients mm. that require, you know, ICU beds. Who gets the more severe cases in San Diego? Would that be Memorial? It, it doesn't matter. No. Uh, well, I would say. To a certain extent, memorial because we do certain therapies that, that are not say, available. You guys are probably more well equipped that with, with certain equipment that. Well, Sharp, you know, just to give a little background about Sharp Hospital System, Sharp Memorial in Kearney Mesa is the head, uh, the original. So they pour all their resources into that one, um, and not to say that the other ones don't get you know um, all the therapies, um, but um, they do consider that their. I guess you'd say mothership. Okay. We call it affectionately mothership. Some of us, some of us nurses, um, because I have friends that work and family that work in all throughout the sharp systems, Coronado, Grossmont, and, um, I know you guys talk, uh, you guys it's all like, share stories, y'all. Like what, that's what you, that's inevitable amongst nurses. That's inevitable because you either went to school with them, or yeah, yeah, like your sure. your neighbors with mm -hmm. them, or you know. You, I mean, it's you're just associates. like any industry, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like you guys share share success stories, share horror stories. What are you guys seeing? Like this is what's going on over here. And How this happened. This that? happened pre COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is just Nothing like you new. said, industry. It's same more industry. Now though, it'd be the same if you were talking to you know people from other breweries. For sure, and we right? do. Yeah, like See? on the regular. That, that that's what goes on. Um, so I talked to you. I said, "Hey, man." That being the situation, I'm going to take a test. You know, what do you recommend? Who do you recommend? Where do I go? Um, and this was on Monday. And I just wanted to, you know, because we, we, we bullshit a lot, man. We talk a lot of shit here on, on the podcast. No doubt. You know, we have fun. Da, 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 but we're, we're <laughs> truth be told, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Yes. So we want to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, doing the best that we can to like, I take care of myself, not for me. I know I'm healthy. I know I can, I, I'll get away with whatever like comes my way. I'll, I'll handle it. But uh, you know, my sister, she, she was pregnant throughout the whole pandemic. You know, I have a grandma who, who's in her 90s. So I, I do, I try to take care of myself to the best of my ability for them. You know, not necessarily for me to be selfish. It's just like, you know, I have children, I have wife. I, it, I have people that I have to take care of. So I, I wanted to take a test and I said, you know what? With everything going on, how easy is it to get a test? You know, can I drive up? Can I do this? So I, I explored a couple of avenues. You recommended a few. Um, Turns out it's hard. It's difficult to just go, not have an appointment, drive up, and get a test. That part is difficult. So did you get one? I did get one. Yeah, I got it. I took a test. So okay. the, the first option for me was like, and I called around to people have taken tests. Like, how did you do this? Did you walk? What, did you have a reservation? And they were like, you know what? I did it with uh, no reservation. But they did it when our numbers weren't out of hand like they are now, bro. Like right now... Everything is out of hand, you know, like I, I feel like I went to the Chula Vista library on orange down on, on the library on orange mm -hmm. and they were about 80 cars deep, bro. It was like, it was like a 80 a, a, cars, bro. It was slam. What time was this? I, this was right when they opened because they open. Um, Whoa. I, I think they are open Monday through Friday. 12 to 4 or 12 to 5. That's crazy. Or they do, yeah. Ooh. And they do like a, a, a set limit of tests. Ooh. This 
specific location is if you don't have an appointment, you don't want to get down. It's a drive through. You just post up. They drive up to your car. You, you they do the swab. Get everybody's information. You pop it in there. You go wait in the parking lot, and they give you like a an email or a number where you can obtain your results. Okay. I didn't do that one. That shit was out of hand. That shit was ridiculous, bro. That's like an all day thing. That is an all day thing. I eventually just like parked. I got on my phone. I started. That's when I was texting you. Like okay. when I, I was at the parking lot, just like oh, wow. texting. That's like, when it was. Yeah, man. I was like, all right, hey, this is what's going on, bro. Um. Crazy. Where do you recommend? And then I talked to my mom, my brother-in-law, because he's been taking tests, obviously, because my, my sister just had the baby. And congratulations, thank by you, the sir. Way. I'm an uncle and it's awesome. Um, and they, they he said, you know what, but Sears, the 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 shopping center, oh. the Trill Vista Mall, the Sears, they do it there. They do testing on Tuesdays through um, Friday. You need a reservation. So <laughs> yeah, so I was like, fuck it, man. At this point, I'm just I'm not gonna get away with just showing up without yeah. a reservation. If I do, it's gonna be a long ass line to wait. Mm-hmm. That's very like inconvenient. It's important to take a test, yeah. but I ain't about to waste like a whole day waiting in line to get take a test, you know? Well, if you need it, you need it. Yeah, if you need I it, mean, you need it. Yeah. Fortunately, I I took the test to find out how easy it is to take the test. Gotcha. I, I work at a place now, bro, where um People are getting quarantined, bro. I work at UPS and motherfuckers, motherfuckers are starting to drop right now. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I work in an area where it's like we're outside and it's, I work with a bunch of like the, the OG, the seniority guys that we just kind of like, we have our own area. So we take care of ourselves. That's but good. yeah, the inside the warehouse everywhere, like there, there's, there's cases popping up, man. There, there's one sorry, day to the man. next. We're like, Hey, what happened to such and such? Oh, bro. He got the COVID. He's, he's quarantined. Hey, what happened to that dude? That whole area. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. I so you, I was telling I hope your my, colleagues my wife, are okay, yeah, man. Like, you know what? It's like, yeah, maybe this is the right thing to do. So yeah, so I started texting you, and um, and it's funny because before I, I we had sat down and said, yeah, let's get you on the podcast, let's talk about it. And then my cousin, my cousin, my, my brother-in-law, Sean, was like, you know, would be awesome, bro. You should bring in a nurse. You should bring in somebody <laughs> from the medical field and like go over like the importance of taking like the test and how easy it is. And I said, bro, you're about a day late and a dollar short. I already got something coming in on Thursday. We're going to sit down. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was perfect. It was just like one of those things where all the signs are pointing in the right direction. It's like, this is something you got to do. So like in, in the back of my head is like, fuck, all this is lining up. I'm going to come out <laughs> fucking COVID positive or something. You know, that's what I was thinking, you know? Yeah. So I took my test. I made the reservation. It's, it's very simple. You have to set up a profile. You put your name. Do you have any symptoms? Um, where are you? What's your zip code? Boom. Okay. You're going to Sears. Your appointment is. I went in on Monday. They weren't open Monday. So I, I was there like at 10 in the morning after work, putting my information. They said, okay, cool. Tuesday morning, we have an appointment window from eight in the morning to nine in the morning. So I have an hour window on Tuesday. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Very easy. That's good. Um, That's Tuesday good comes hear. along. I, I walk in there. I park. I get down and hey, my name's Steve. La la la. I, I have an appointment. Here's your, here's my patient number. Boom, boom, boom. Do this. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Walk behind the, the little uh, curtain here. And uh, nurse is going to go ahead and swab your nose. And I was like, cool. And I was expecting this motherfucking swab to go all the way inside my nose and t- tickle the brain, tickle the cranium. No, man. He says, you know what? We, we have like a whole new method of doing it. We go on the lightly on the inner part of your nose, but mostly on the, like the, 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 the front layer of your nostril, both wah, 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 like 15 seconds on each side. Foom, foom, bro. In less than a minute, I checked in. I had gone and I got my nose swabbed and I was in my car and that was it. That's legit, bro. Less than a minute. There was nobody there. They do it the way they do it because they give you an hour and they probably have probably like no more than 30 people that are going to take a test within that hour reservation period. Did you see them in line or like there was no entering? Line. Okay. Oh. So you get there, there's, there's an entrance and obviously, yeah, you, you start, the line would probably start building later on. But when I got there, bro, I got there early. I told work, I said, Hey man, I got a COVID test. And right now at work, they're taking that shit serious. You know, cause now it's like, Oh fuck, it's here. It's at you. They better. So they now better. they're taking it serious. So it was like, okay, I got a COVID test. All right, Garcia, let me know. Keep me posted when you get your results. Da, 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 da. Um, I got my results this morning, sir. I got my results at five in the morning. That's For why. Real? Yeah. And I got my mask on cause. Nah, I do got my mask on, but I got negative. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I take care of myself. And Congratulations. Like, I mean, yeah, man, I'm, I don't do good at tests, but I was like, fuck, you I, better, I better fucking pass this test. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I took the... This is no easy. laughing matter, by the way. It's this easy. Is very serious. The purpose of this is to tell people it's easy. Absolutely. Like, do it. 
You know, not for you. I get it. We're healthy. We take mm -hmm. care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we're somewhat active. We, we, you know, we, we, we exercise. We eat like garbage, you know, but we, when we drink the occasional beer, the occasional whiskey, but we take care of ourselves. Absolutely. This isn't for you. This isn't for me. This is for the people that we live with. This is for the people that are in our family. These are for the people, you know, that, that require that extra layer of protection of safety, you know, and that's it's for the community. Yeah. It's for man, the greater that's good. exactly what it is. We front, we're so hard on, I'm like with a, we do this for the community. We're do, we're starting a foundation so we can raise money. Mm -hmm. We got to make sure we're doing our part with this too. Absolutely. Bottom I'm, line, it was an easy test. I'm so happy to hear that, man. It was man. And, and, and I, I want, said, fuck, I know a nurse. Let me ask him, what, what what should I do? And you, you gave it to me straight. You said, do this, go here, go there. You gave me a list of locations in my area. And I came back negative. And now I can safely tell you, it's like, yeah, bro, it's an easy test. I challenge everybody out there. If you haven't had a test or if you're even feeling like you should, get it done. Get Absolutely. it done. And get it, it done. Because right now you're going to get sick because this is usually the, this is the flu season. So, I mean, you're going to probably catch something already. You just so, want I mean, to be sure it's not yeah, the COVID. Just make sure it's not the COVID. How do you find that out? Fucking go take a test. Take you know? the test. What's up with, um? now that we're kind of talking about the flu, <clears throat> flu shots? Flu shots, Um. you know, we just talked about it right before yeah. uh, we started. Um, Flu shots are, I mean, think about it. If there was no vaccine for flu shots, think of how many people would pass away yearly. I mean, people annually pass away from the flu. Already um, with the Already flu shot. with yeah. the flu shot. And, or I should say, you know, patients that typically have like comorbidities, which are like, you know, previous medical history, like pulmonary diseases, um, things of that nature that the flu impacts, like, you know, um, makes it worse. I had pneumonia at 30. There you go. So since I've had pneumonia once, that's, that's forever going to be tainted in my, my shit. Like, um, am I always going to be like suc succumbing to the flu? I mean, I'm not sure primary care physician, but Take I will- Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's from my perspective or just my opinion as a nurse, because, you know, I do have to keep within my scope of practice. Um, you know, since you've had it before, um, maybe you've built some type of antibody and um, defense mechanism, so it won't be as worse next time, but I still encourage you to get a, you know, flu shot or, you know, a pneumonia vaccine. Okay. You know, like a pneumonia vaccine, you do not get annually. I believe you get it like when you're young and then once you turn over like 55 or okay. 65. So I'm in the clear. So you're, you're okay with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I but, never really took the flu shot growing up. Um, once we had kids, wifey was like hardcore about it. Now, nah, man, we got to take yeah. this flu shot. Protect the family. It, yeah. yeah. So the whole family would make a whole deal out of it now we, and we go take the flu shot every year. And it's funny to see all the little, my little kids like wild out whenever they're going to get a flu <laughs> shot, man. I've had to hold one down. Like I had, had to restrain them. The nurse is like, is he a kicker? Is he a biter? Is he a puncher? <laughs> I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, we're going to give him a shot. He's not going to react the way you think. If he, if, if he's normally chill, he might just fly off. And dude, my, my boy did. He was he like, did? Ah, yeah. So I had to like, I, like I held him, bro. Like, Isn't that crazy? I, yeah. I was like, holy shit, this little kid is strong. So he did not want to take a shot. This year we went and I don't know if he just felt more comfortable because the nurses came out to our car and they gave us the shot while we oh, were in our car. Gotcha. You gotcha. know, so they just, it was outside of the, the sharp here in Chula Vista and on Palomar. So they came out and boom, boom, gave us a shot. Everyone Easy. was happy. Boom. Easy Done. peasy, bro. Right. Easy right. peasy. Right. I'm thinking moving forward, this is probably the way to do shit. This might, <laughs> right? This might Seriously. be the way to do things moving forward. There's no need to like cram like 80 people in a waiting room to get a flu shot where you don't have the flu before you get there. But once you get there, you're probably going to get the exactly. flu. Exactly. You all these people coughing in the waiting room. You're yeah. just like, damn. Yeah. So it's like we go outside, we're in the car and the others comes out and boom, boom, boom. We all get our flu shots. Um, That's great. I mean, is the flu I shot stronger that. this year? I have no idea. No, that's not your area expertise, nothing like that. What's ha what happens is, you know, um, it's I don't want to. It's kind of mandatory when we work in the hospital. If you don't, you just sign a waiver. You know that you didn't get the flu shot. That's all. Um, but you know, from my understanding, they have different batches. You know, each year, um, and what literally it does is it's a small portion of the infection that allows you to build up a antibodies a defense mechanism with your white blood cells okay that's what a vaccine does any vaccine it's like a either a um modified version um that you know mimics the actual infection um so that your body produces the antibody or an a live actual infection but just a very very small dose does that make sense it does it okay does. so you know they get it they get it to you in your arm 
It could be sore sometimes. Some people complain of it being sore and people complain about getting sick after and they blame it on the actual vaccine. Uh But in, in reality, the entire purpose of it is that you, so you can get a little bit sick because by you getting sick, your body's defense mechanism, natural defense mechanism builds up the antibodies so that it's doing what it needs to do. Yeah. So if you do encounter it later in that season, while that vaccine, um, you know, while you were exposed to the vaccine, um, then you're going to be able to combat it because you have, you know, antibodies already in your body built up. So you got warriors in your system. Exactly. Exactly. Little, little infection warriors. Um, and so it's okay to get sick, but just remember it's not going to be as severe yeah. as it possibly could have been if you had not gotten a vaccine. That's the best way to put it. I mean, you're going to get sick. You just don't want to get mad sick, big sick, you know, mm-hmm. um, working in the ICU during a pandemic. How often are you guys like getting tested? Is that something that happens with nurses or even the doctors or anything? You know, it would be. And I don't want to upset anybody um, by letting them know this information, um, but it's just the truth. Uh, it it's almost impossible to test us because in order for us to be legitimately tested and, and resulted, it would be have to be in such a controlled way. Meaning, imagine we walk into the hospital before we start our shift, we get tested. When we leave, we get tested. When we go home, we make no contact with anybody or any, um, you know, public or private setting. We are basically locked in a box and then we go to work and we do the same exact thing. Because, you know, people are going to encounter their families uh, at home, obviously. And then they're going to encounter like someone maybe at a register when they're at a retail location or some type of business. Um, so those are all opportunities to get uh, exposed. And so if we take a test, you know, going into work and once we leave, it will that result, whatever it is, could change, can change based on our exposures. Correct. So so there's no way to lock us like in this, like, you know, basically quarantine us to know. If you know, so it's not like a a hospital policy, like everybody's got to get tested. It's not, but Mm. you know, just like most establishments, they don't allow you to come to work if you have symptoms, symptoms. Um, But, um, you know, it's, it's an honor system in a way that they ask us, you know, they're not, um, um, checking our temperatures, uh, before we enter the hospital. Um, but what kind of nurse would you want that walks into the hospital and is lying about their symptoms? That's true. Nurses are not, you know, are very trustworthy people because, you know, like I'm a nurse, but I want a good nurse to take care of my family and or myself when I'm sick. And, you know, there's no one look over looking over my back when I'm taking care of a patient. You know, I do have like, you know, a, a uh, nurse lead and a manager, but nobody's looking over my shoulder when I'm giving medications, when I'm treating my patients, it's just me and my patient, um, especially at night. And now that there's COVID, there's no visitors. So there's literally no one watching me. I can. How is that now, man? With just like no visitors for the patients. Well, um, it's kind of it's kind of nice because we can focus completely on what we need to do. Also, oh, you're saying um, the visitors get in the way. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, you know, um, we answer their questions and their concerns, and to a certain extent, we have to be a shoulder to cry on or a ear to listen. Because it's a very emotional time, especially in the ICU. Yeah. So um, we do our best to accommodate them over the telephone pre and during COVID. But also, um, unfortunately, the iPads, Zoom uh, meetings that we set up so they can actually observe their family member that's in a COVID isolation room. And if you could think of that scenario, that is very, very sad. Ugh situation nobody wants to go through that Uh, nobody wants to see that but you know we make our best effort to accommodate the uh, loved ones so they're able to see the condition of their family member Um, but i absolutely do not want that for anybody i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy i don't have any enemies by the way um but could you just imagine that the last time or not even the last time but seeing your loved one you can't touch them you know, you can't, I can't man. That seems to be the, the, the horror story of everything going on right now. It's like your loved one is all joke. alone, you know, and it's like, you're kind of, you're helpless. You can't really do anything. I mean, knock on wood, everyone in my family has been okay, bro. But it's like it's from one day to the next, you know, it's a day to day kind of situation. You don't know. We don't know when the end is coming of this, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's like loose, uh, estimations of like summer next year, this, that or whatever. But it's like, 
just think about that. This started in, in, in March, you know, here. And so now there's some things saying that it may have started even like in December of 2019. I mean, literally, I mean, I just heard a, a little news snippet that um, it could have been here earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was already in Asia and moving, you know, yeah. west, uh, you know. During December 2019. Yeah. I mean, right? those are travel seasons, bro. Those are people, those are holidays. You got people from all over the world visiting family members who are on another part of the world. So, I mean, there's no guarantee that this was here in March. You know, this, this mm -hmm. has probably been here longer. We don't know how it is going to end up. But, I mean, what you guys do at the hospitals... Damn, man, you just surround yourself. You guys are in the in, in the pit of in the belly of everything that's going on. So, what do you guys do to take care of yourselves? You're not taking like a, a test because it'd be impossible to to kind of like gauge and 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 keep taking these tests. Like you said, you'd have to take multiple tests daily in order to just kind of like make it seem like okay, you know what? I was good when I came in. I'm good that I'm gone now. All right, now I got to just take care of myself for the rest of the day. Go home. Whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. Visit my family. I got to go back to work. I got to do the test in the morning. To my work, I got to take a test at night. You guys could ultimately run out of staff. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, like just, you know, and we're both big sports fans, especially San Diego Padre fans. Uh -huh. Shout out to Padres. Mm. Um, like from what I'm aware and I'm sure you're aware of, like they were getting tested every single day, you know, whether it be the MLB, NBA, uh, NHL. So we're not doing that as nurses. It would be impossible for us to keep up with that, you know? Um, I don't know how they did it in those, you know, major league sports uh, teams or organizations. Well, some some sports they bubbled everybody up, bro. Like, Absolutely, you know, so like we're like, not you bubbled. Yeah, you, know, like, you ain't going go nowhere. Home. I'm not a bubble. I go. Yeah. I go home. I go. Yeah. We go ride bikes. Yeah, but we wear masks. Yeah, and we're outside. You know, <laughs> um, what do you guys wear that's different now from before? Okay, before at the ICU. Um, I can speak for my department because we take care of the COVID population, at least the uh, sickest ones. So you get the sickest COVID patients. Intensive care. Unit. That's intense. Yeah. It's not. It's, it's not. in the title. <laughs> <laughs> so before we would just wear our own scrubs to work. You know, we'd go out and buy our own scrubs. You know, the hospital didn't provide them. Now it's 100% hospital provided. So what we'll do is we'll wear either our own clothes to work or, you know, our own scrubs. And then we'll change out. We have like little lockers, put our, you know, our, you know, home clothes into our lockers. We'll wear the hospital provided scrubs. At the end of the shift, we change out of hospital acquired um, or provided scrubs into our own clothes or scrubs. Leave. So and obviously we're washing our hands and covering our mouth, uh, wearing like the necessary PPE. layers and layers or yep jesus you know the good thing is before we had a lack of um ppe okay now there's an abundance there's, of i don't want to say necessarily there's an abundance but i've at least i've noticed within the last month or or so maybe longer that we're not you know in a shortage of like you know ppe um, I can't speak for other departments and i can't even speak for other systems I but i just, mean you guys being there in the icu I'm pretty sure you guys are the ones that are fully stocked first. I I would like to think so. Okay, and I I do believe so right. because because you are, guys are the firefighters at the freaking yes. at the front line of the fire. Yes, man. yes. So I mean, yes. you, you got to yeah. be well equipped yeah. to handle all that. I you know like uh, um, being here and talking about the nursing perspective. You know, um, I, I feel bad because I don't know all the statistics. You know, um, and I want to be able to provide that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm not um, as caught you're, up on you're everything. You're doing one better, bro. You're 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 giving me like firsthand like experiences that you have with COVID cases, COVID patients. You know, like you're telling us. Well, thank you're you're giving us like the, the worst case scenario. You know, has there been a worst case scenario that you've encountered? Obviously, I'm sure there Man, is. You, it, know. you know, like in the beginning of the pandemic, I I could honestly say, you know, we were focusing on a demographic of maybe elderly people with, you know, previous medical conditions like hypertension and diabetes and um, other pulmonary conditions, maybe emphysema, uh, because obviously COVID <clears throat> affects the lungs um, the most. Um, but up to this date, now that we're in, what, nine months deep into yes, it, sir. this may sound a little strange, but now it's everybody. It's all ages and people without um, previous medical histories. So nobody gets tagged anymore. Like, oh, we got an 80 year old uh, former smoker 
who suffered from pneumonia all their life. We got to make sure we take care of them first. Now it's like anybody who comes in like, oh, okay, COVID. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody's everybody. Uh-huh. Everybody. That, that's scary. Yeah. That, that is super scary, that's bro. That's scary because that's that, you know, it's like, fuck. We, we were told initially, it's like, oh, you know what? Kids are okay. If you're, if you're relatively in good shape, you'll be all right. Now it's like, uh-uh. Everybody. Well, I did do one uh, research item before I came here and I just wanted to see what the... uh population or like you know demographic or age age group that was being you know uh, tested positive more frequently and it's actually like currently the biggest demographic that's being tested positive um i can't speak for the hospital but maybe like the the state and the country is like 20 year olds um 20 and 30 year olds And, Mm -hmm. and i don't know to the degree of which their condition is but just being tested positive. Okay. And I mean, that makes sense, bro. I mean, if you that think about sense. it, when we were in our yeah. 20s, you know, we want to go wild. wild. We want to do wild. this, that, yeah, you know. No, like, no consequences to our actions. I'm sure it? there was, but I mean, we didn't care. What's a pandemic? Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> man, I'll take two. You know, and it's like. It's the summer. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it, and it's, it's, it's wild because, yeah, I'm old now. I'm 41. I got family. You know, we got responsibility. So yep. we, we do our best to do our best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you watch snippets of the news or, or when we're on our bike rides i mean i see when we drive by like restaurants Who's Who's see, it's all youngsters man it's all like like yeah like you said maybe young 30s definitely 20s everyone's just out there hanging out having a good time hey that's you know? all good with me that's yeah and that's I, all good with me yeah but i mean but just know what you're doing is but you know <laughs> be ready to accept the consequences because the most unfortunate thing in this entire situation is to be in a you know god forbid situation where you're out having fun doing whatever with whoever and you unfortunately are possibly the one that gives it to someone your parents else. you know yeah, it could be your parents it could be your grandparents member. it could, could be, be a co-worker your neighbors yeah. or co-workers that are you know more susceptible to it maybe you're asymptomatic but they might take the the worst of it yeah and and if i don't want to live with that on my conscience you know what i mean that's guilt that's yeah. heavy yeah so you know but if you think about it it doesn't matter if it's a during a pandemic or you know bef- before a pandemic. When did twenty year olds really care about people yeah, other than themselves? Like true. I'll be honest with myself, with you, and and the listeners. Like when I was in my twenties, I was all about me. You know what I mean? And um, so I, I don't see how a, a pandemic necessarily changes changes, that. changes a, a a person in their twenties. Um, they just have to be more conscious of like caring about other people. That's hard. That's all. That's all it is. I mean, it's hard for people. That's very <laughs> difficult, you know, um, because you know you have to go through life experiences, and you know we're in our forties now, and so like we're able to see outside of ourselves and what's you know what's best for not only us but other people, people around, around us. us. Yeah. Right. So at your hospital, and had, has there been an outbreak? Has amongst the staff? Has, has there been a situation where somebody contracted COVID and and it just no, it, COVID did its COVID thing and it just ran through everybody there. Fortunately, uh, I can speak for my department. Um, no, uh, thank God. Um, but if we think about this in a kind of reverse way, we're actually the most protected people. Yeah, you are. Because we have controlled environment, uh, you know, we're, we're changing our, you know, clothes on with the hospital provided uh clean clothes and then we're dumping them when we're done we're following hospital protocol and policy when we're like you know washing our hands and wearing particular equipment the uh, protective equipment Mm -hmm. so uh even though we're directly um you're playing with fire but you have all the gear that exactly. allows you to play with fire. And we're following the rules, yeah. like, you know, and we're checking each other. We're, we're you know, doing quality uh, checks amongst each other. Like, we look at each other, and if someone has something that's, like, off, we'll be like, hey, like, tighten that up, or don't forget to wash your hands, or do this or that. Holding each other accountable. Exactly. And so that's how we keep each other safe, because imagine if, like, I'm walking into, like, a COVID patient's room, and I forgot to, like, you know, um, tie my gown up, like, the disposable gown up. Or, you know, put on the proper glove or mask and they're like, hey, be careful or, 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 or put it on uh, better so you can protect yourself. And, and, and me. And me. Yeah. Because when you come out of the room yeah, or now, I come out of the room, then I can spread it to you. You're bringing it to me now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we, we're all looking out for each other, basically. That's crazy, man. Because you're, like you said, I see you. You get it all. You get the worst of the worst of the cases and mm-hmm. nobody's gotten the, the COVID. Nobody's gotten Rona. And that's, what does that tell you? I that mean, that tells you that. 
you can stay safe even though the, the road is around you. Exactly. You just have to follow the, you know, the proper um, policies. Or uh -huh. I don't want to say policies because it sounds more bureaucratic, uh -huh. but it's common sense, you yeah. know? Wash um, your hands, cover your mouth, do everything that's being, you know? I mean, uh. it's unfortunately, like, I mean, it's impossible for us to keep social distance from our patients because how can you take care of a person, yeah, correct. you know, being socially distanced? Like, that's just, like, not possible. So what are you going to do when you have to be close to them? You just layer up, wash your hands, do everything appropriately, and you're good. Damn. I'm good. My colleagues are good. Our families are good because we're doing these things. And you can do that, too, at home, uh, while you're out in public, um, just to protect yourself, your loved ones, when you go home or see them, and your community. And what's better than that? Helping yourself and helping your community simultaneously. Ta-da! There it is. The, you, you wrapped it up in a little bow and you put it in a box. And I mean, it sounds easy on paper, bro. Yeah. I mean, it sounds easy on paper, but... The real world situations that we encounter like on a daily, that's just, it, it kind of makes it like a little bit more difficult, you know? On a personal note, I just want to, um, I just want to say something if, if I can. No. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, um, like we really appreciated everybody out there. Um, all the sentiments that were being uh, shared, you know, online, on social media, uh, in person, uh, people were um, providing us with um, uh, lunches, dinners, you know, different uh, establishments. Uh, and we really appreciated that because, you know, um, I'm not even touting my own horn, but, you know, to be a nurse is a really selfless career and a healthcare worker in, in, in general, I could speak for like CNAs, uh, respiratory therapist, you know, because these patients, you know, aren't in a position to thank us um, because of, you know, being intubated or being, you know, uh, un incapacitated and even their families, we cannot expect them to thank us because they're in such an emotional state and they're more concerned about what's going on in their personal lives. So we never, ever expect and or request a thank you. We do it because we actually care about what we do and who we're caring for. So um, with that being said, it's kind of like an, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a frustrating time period because a lot of the people that were thanking us and, you know, um, you know, showing us that love in the beginning of the pandemic, uh, a lot of them, I won't say all of them, but a lot of them are reversing their, their actions and possibly thoughts. Cause I'm not inside their minds, but, with their actions as far as like not masking up or not staying socially distanced. So if you could imagine that, um, doing something where you're appreciated and then you see the actions of purposely um, doing things that go against within the community that are like opposite of, yeah. you know, um, being appreciative of us, uh, in the healthcare field. How does um, that feel like when you do see somebody out there like wild and out, not really, it's like, do you take personal offense? Like, man, I'm going to see, Somebody that you affected in the negative way come through the ICU just because you're out here acting like a fool. Um, you know, my younger self, I would have been frustrated because I feel like, you know, uh, it would be essentially like a slap in the face. Yeah. But 42 year old me is like, I can only control what I can control. And it doesn't matter if we're in a pandemic or not. I'm going to take care of the person that's uh, in the bed in front of me. You know what I mean? Um, so and there's that, gonna be plenty of them, bro. So that doesn't matter to to me. You know, I can speak for myself. So I'm gonna do my job regardless. Um, but I just feel sorry for um, the potential uh, effects of people going out and um, possibly exposing other people, and they get the worst of it. Um, so that is my only opinion. I, I will never tell anybody what to do ever. Like. I, I agree that everyone should have their own right to choose what they want to do, um, especially uh, during hard times like we're incurring right now in 2020. But um, just be responsible or accept the consequences. Um, if you cannot, you know, do the time, don't do the crime. Look at you, man. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> man, and, and, and just like any other person that we hang out with and is interesting and is is cool and the reason we all hang out you got layers to you my man 
there's different layers to Eric Navarro RN, aka Absolutely. Wisdom. Um, tell me about Wisdom. So, um, I became a born again Christian when I was in elementary school. Um, straight away for many years throughout my youth, um, off and on with my faith. Um, and then I be, I kind of, but I've never not been a Christian since I was, um, you know, born again. Um, it's always been like in the back of my mind, sometimes more in the front of my mind. Um, and I've, I'm born and raised in San Diego. So I wanted to just uh, represent San Diego, whether it's wearing a Padre hat or supporting um, local brands or sports teams for sure. You know, growing up as a Padre fan, um, diehard. Just like you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But do you um, have a tattoo of a friar on your arm? I mean, because that's what makes it official. Ah. <laughs> well, um, it's in my heart. That's where, and that's <laughs> that's where it matters. matters. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just wanted a way to represent um, my faith and my city uh, simultaneously um, in some way or form. And I was, you know, just mulling on a, a word that had the letters SD in it. And I just started going through the dictionary. Um, this was probably in 2006. And I, I could never find a word because the dictionary is huge. So I just set it aside, you know, never thought of it again. And um, about maybe within that year, um, I, I read the Bible every day. Um, you know, at least I'm more consistent now than I was before. But my dad told me to read... Um, a psalm a day because psalms is a really big um bible uh, book in the in the bible but i mistook it and i was reading proverb a proverb a day and the word wisdom kept on popping up in like the chapter that i was reading and i liked the context of how it was uh speaking about wisdom like a a, a female entity um just like discipline as well and i just kept on seeing the word wisdom pop up and i was like holy shit there it is sd SD, right damn smack in the middle of the word wisdom. So I decided that I wanted to get a tattoo of wisdom. So nice. uh, I didn't know what font. Uh, the homie Clint hooked me up with his tattoo artist. Um, and I got the tattoo on my birthday, 2006, seven. Um, and I always wanted to make it into a design, but I didn't know graphic design. Um, and so that was that. Uh, it just basically sat as a tattoo on my body, never designed it digitally. And that was that. Um, long story short, I'm taking a trip to Japan and I want to go do graffiti in Japan to visit my cousin. But I don't want to get arrested in Japan. I want to put stickers up because they can't arrest me for putting up stickers, at least from what I'm aware of. <laughs> so hired a graphic designer, boom, put out the design, uh, found a font online, you know, that I liked, got the sticker back. It was so fresh and so clean that I was like, I got to put this on a t-shirt because I want to wear it in Japan, represent San Diego, represent my faith. So went to screen printers. All of them said, I only wanted two shirts, one for me and one for my cousin. All of them said minimum, doom, 24 shirts. Damn. 24 like, is always that magic number, bro. I was like, I just want two shirts, bro. Uh -huh. They're like all of them, 24 minimum. I didn't know like the you know, the labor that went into making a screen print screen and like, you know, the process of like, you know, uh, squeegeeing them down. So shout out to Squeegee Prints, contacted them. Squeegee Prints! Bit the bullet. Uh -huh. um, made a list of approximately 24 plus, you know, friends and family. Made the shirts, um, kept a few for me uh, and my cousin and his girlfriend to gift them and gave the rest to family and friends. Walk around Japan, sticking up stickers of wisdom, wearing the shirt. People that are visiting Japan love my shirt. Um, they're from the U.S., I assume. Um, but I said, how did you know I'm from San Diego? They said, you're wearing a San Diego Padres hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, someone said, where did you get it? I said, I made it. They're like, can I get it? I was like, I don't make these for sale. They're like, well, if you do, let me know. Exchange um, Instagrams. Um, never thought about it. Came back to San Diego. My brother comes up to me and says, you know, hey, people are asking me where I got the shirt and they want one. I was like, I was like, please, you know? And uh, I said, oh, I said, jokingly, I said, tell them to give you 20 bucks and I'll give them a shirt. 
And then boom, people started handing me $20 bills. Like so-and-so wants a shirt, so-and-so wants a shirt. So I just made another batch, gave it to them. And it just like, kind of like rippled effect from that point where I never wanted to have a clothing brand, but I read the right people at the right time. And now there's a clothing brand. Mm -hmm. Damn. Chicle was one of the first people I met um, when I came back. Cause I came back uh, a day or two before Chicano Park Day, 2017. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> uh, coincidentally worked with my cousin Rod for many, many years. And uh, Rod had always wanted to introduce me to Chicle because he knows like how I like art and wanted to put something on a t-shirt or design. Uh-huh. So he's like, I got to introduce you to this guy I work with. Bro, so our network. Crazy ass world. Dude, our network is weird, man. Crazy, we, right? We, everybody that everybody that's like involved and plays a role in what we're doing right now, everybody knows each other. Like it, right? it, whether they knew it or not, everybody's crazy. connected. Like I, I always tell people now that like Chicle and I apparently played soccer against each other when we were younger what? growing up. Yeah. Dang. And then Chicle is like family is like really good friends with um, one of my uncles and aunts and and they're like, yeah, so it's like boom, boom, boom. It's like all of this was destined to happen eventually, bro. Absolutely. You know, it was all like pre-written. Shout you know, out Chicle. Like, shout out to Chicle, bro. Yeah. He's been super busy. I've been Dang. telling you, he's like, hey, I got to get on the podcast. I got a lot to say. Oh, I just don't have any time. And now I feel bad because like, we got a lot of like a lot of projects going at the brewery and with Evil Brown. And, but he's getting down he, now. We, we're keeping him busy, bro. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah. He's, it's an awesome team that we've assembled, bro. I'm so happy, you know, like, and what's crazy is, you know, how we reconnected through um, riding bikes on Sundays. Mm. But um, before we reconnected, um, my initial introduction to you was DJing here with Reggie. Yeah. Um, Reggie Garcia. Shout out DJ Reg one. Mm, that's <laughs> the guy. Um, and obviously, um, I mentioned earlier uh, today that we went to high school together and then you guys were did you guys go to high school? We together? went to middle school together. We went to middle school yeah. together, and you guys were neighbors. Yeah, right? and we were neighbors. Damn, look at small ass Re world. Reggie and I have been doing the dance of popping in and out of each other's lives since middle school, bro. Since I, elementary school. I gotta say this though, you know, um, Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican, has a couple of Filipinos or bro, more. Bro, we're biased as in Pinoy's now, bro. I'm 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 waiting for the saddest Filipino um, uh, design so I can get it tattooed. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Just get the tricycle <laughs> tattooed, bro. What's wrong with you? Okay, like I'm, I'm a prospect. I'm a prospect. You so are. That's I gotta, funny because we did we did create like a little bit of a prospect thing where <laughs> I got to get the prospect tattoo first. It's just gonna be the. It's just gonna say the. We'll talk about that one on the next one. But yeah, it's funny. Like it's all. Dude, we're, we're like somebody told us like you guys are like a gang now, bro. I was like what? We're not a gang. Oh, I remember we were talking we're about that on the good. ride on Sunday, huh? We're a gang for good. Um, so what's up with wisdom then? Yo, is so, it, are you gonna keep growing it? So is, so this is weird. You know, like I never wanted to have a clothing brand you know it was very exciting within the first six months to a year i just blew up yeah and and, and in the type of person that i am and and uh, i don't know if many people know this but i'm i've never been the type of person to post pictures of myself on instagram not because i'm um you know um you know ashamed of how i look but more or less i was afraid that someone was going to rip my picture and photoshop like some inappropriate stuff of me oh, okay. you know that type of fear and this goes way back to facebook as well um, so that's just like my, you know, insecurity as far as like someone taking my picture and, you know, manipulating it like inappropriately. That's just my little, you know, my little thing. I feel you. Yeah. But, but if you see my post, um, on not only my personal page, but also on my, um, on the get wisdom first page, there's never a picture of me, maybe one, maybe one. Okay. Um, Damn, well, there's going to be a picture of you, bro, now. I took a picture of that's you. Fine. But, that's fine. But I mean, fine. you're all covered up because you have your mask on and then you got your glasses. Well, I worked last night and um, these, uh, I didn't get much sleep before I came here today and this light is fucking me up. No. <laughs> <laughs> want me to turn the light? You want to get all romantic? And they're like, jeez. Uh, turn it off, dude. I'll just cuddle up in the corner and go to sleep. Catch some Z's. <laughs> no, I feel you, man. So you ask me what's going on with wisdom. Yeah. You know, like I I've always struggled with that because, you know, you know, when something becomes something that you don't want it to be, mm. then it kind of confuses you. You know, what do I do with this? Like this is stickers to be put up in Japan, you know, and then it turned into, you know, a brand and, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, it was very successful in my opinion, because I, I made a good profit off of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was never, ever intent. my intention. Nah, for sure, yeah. And um, whenever I introduced Deuce myself or people came up to my booth when I was at like a uh, a vendor uh, uh, market, I always wanted to share with them the acronym. 
Oh, I didn't share that with you. I know. I was waiting for you to. I was soft tossing it up there, bro. I was about to do it if you didn't say it. Okay, so. Wisdom. Um, W-I-S-D-O-N. So growing up in the early 90s, I was a DJ, uh, danced uh, as a B-boy for a little bit, but I always loved the music first. Layers on you, bro. Wu-Tang. Layers. Wu-Tang Clan was one of the first vinyls me and my brother ever bought. Um, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Um, Wu-Tang for the children. But if everybody uh, is not informed about uh, Cream, it's an acronym that uh, is a Wu-Tang song that stands for Cash Rules Everything Around Me. Um, hip-hop is synonymous with other forms of uh, acronyms like KRS-One, Knowledge Reigns Supreme over nearly everybody. Um, and so I, I loved acronyms. So I wanted to make the word wisdom even deeper. So um, being the spiritual person I am, I don't consider myself religious. Um, I wanted to make it into an acronym. So I just, you know, simmered over it for a couple of days. And I really liked the word discipline that I saw in the Bible as well. So I wanted to incorporate that into the acronym. So I came up with wealth and self-discipline over money mm. as an acronym for the word wisdom. Yeah. I like that, man. Bum, bum, wealth and self-discipline over money. Jeez, look at you. Why are you so deep, man? Why you got so many layers, dude? Jeez. Here, I, I thought you wearing sunglasses indoors was just part of, part of like, that's just Nurse Navarro. That's just how he gets down, bro. He's just, he's just wearing sunglasses nah, I'm indoors. I'm a vampire, man. I'm, I work no, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., yeah, man. Yeah, I, I only yeah. slept for maybe two, three hours before I got here, so. It's a, it, it, I can kind of relate, but no, because you, you, you do intense shit, bro. I, I'm just <laughs> messing around outdoors, but it's, it's crazy hours too. And I'm like, ugh. we all do what yeah, we do. We got to you know, do what we got to do, man. But oh. you know, it was, uh, it's a joy. It's a pleasure to be on this podcast. Thank you for Thank having you, me, man. Um, this is what it's about, you know, like highlighting people who are doing good in the community. You know, what's crazy is, you know, I never thought I'd be here. You know, like I said, I never had a plan to be a nurse and I never had a plan to have a brand. I never plan to even ride a bike except for when I was a kid. Um, but you know, I really appreciate what you put together, you know, and kind of like me, you know, planning to put or wanting to put stickers in Japan. I don't know what it's going to lead to, but I'm just going to do it because I enjoy it, you know, and that's kind of how I see the evolution of emo Brown. It's like, let's do something. Let's start a podcast. Let's 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 go on a bike ride. Yeah. You know, and look what it's become. You it's know, it's crazy. gonna it's, like, a, it's gonna be a foundation, or it is a foundation. Yeah. What you were talking about it's earlier, when, when when you didn't know what wisdom was becoming, it, it, it was spiraling out of control. It's 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 becoming something that you didn't think it was. You got to take control of it. That's Emo Brown, bro. I mean, Emo Brown's gone through so many things and changes, and where we are, and now it's like Emo Brown is pretty much like a group of like what is it? I want to say eight guys that are involved in creating this foundation on just kind of like giving back to the community that, cause we're all from the South Bay. That's bro. legit. That's you legit. Know? And it's like, we're all like doing things. So um, we're, we're having an episode coming out this week. That's going to go over the, uh, the direction of the charity that we've been working on. Um, a lot of good stuff coming. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to have something that I can, show my kids, you know, like at this point in, in, in my life where like, you know, we, we hustle, we work, we do a lot of things. We, we, we have families, we, we have responsibilities. It's like, I want to leave my kids with the idea of like, Oh, that's my pop. And that's, that I always say this on the podcast. It's like, why do you guys, why do you do a podcast? Nobody gives a fuck what you say. And I was like, yeah, you know what? But one day my kids can like just pop in from episode one and go all the way through and listen and be like, Oh, that's what my dad was about. You know? Okay, cool. Like you never know. I, I'm from one day to the next you were gone. I'm gone. You know, poof, poof, poof. A couple of things happened and we're no longer here. Um, I'm content and excited that my kids have like uh, a catalog of shit that I've been talking and absolutely they, they know who daddy is like that, you know? I mean, and they're still they're still young. Yeah, right? they're little, bro. So so how many more years? I mean, obviously you're their father. Yeah. Uh, so you have so many years. You you have the rest of your life that's and their the lives to that's, that's to, the plan. to influence them yeah. like on in a uh, positive way. I want to teach them some cool shit while I'm around. You know. I mean, you know what's cool is having um, you know the 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 diversity in in pe in guests that when they listen to these podcasts, whether it be tomorrow or some, whenever in the future. At some point, they're going to be like, damn, like, it wasn't just like, you know, one, like, you know, uh, industry or one no. type, you know, it's everybody and everything, you know? And I, I listened to a few of uh, the podcasts, you know, just to kind of get an idea. Um, and I love it, man. I love what you're doing. And I, I can't be 
any more uh, impressed and 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 want to um, shout out, you know, and and increase the the possible influence we join in forces bro we're, we're already doing it you know we're already doing it so then we just got to keep this thing growing that's so why i'm excited cool things are coming i'm excited that you came in eric this Nurse uh navarro this uh um before we uh uh i mean are we partying out yeah we can wrap it up unless um, you got what you you're a hip-hop artist i, I um, know you want to drop a flow oh, shit. oh i'm just nah. <laughs> i was i want to say i want to say um you know um since you to, to just wrap it up with wisdom is I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, um, after, or especially 2020, I didn't know what 2020 was going to happen. Uh, nobody did, you know? Um, but all I know is that I want to bring value, mm. you know, to, to whoever observes, um, you know, the brand or the social media. And so that's what I want to do. Just bring some type of value to uh, essentially wisdom, you know, if you if you if you follow my stories every single day or close to every single day, I'm posting something that's like you know motivational um, or just you know makes you think. Um, because I follow a lot of people that you know influence me in a in a good way, and I just want to do the same thing. And that's that's my small way of giving back with uh, within my uh, control and understanding. But um, hopefully, you know, in uh, in the future. Um, especially since, you know, Clint is, um, uh, a very good friend. Uh, he can kind of direct me in, in, in methods I can give back and, and also through Emo Brown Foundation. Bro, Clint, Clint helped me. Chica I mean, helped me. Right. Glasses like, helped me. Everybody see, involved with Emo Brown. We've all, we're all Emo Brown. See, that's the thing. I'm, you know? I'm, uh, wisdom is just, you're Emo Brown now. Wisdom. We're all, we're all Emo Brown. Yeah, we're all Emo Brown, but wisdom is just me. And, you mm. know, and I've never, you know, I went to school for nursing and, you know, I, I want to do graffiti and make art, you know, I don't know how to like, you know, build a brand or anything like that. Um, so my intention is to ultimately give back in some way and, and, um, just stay tuned. Uh, I got to get some stuff organized, but, um, You'll always be able to follow um, at Get Wisdom First One S T instead of F I R S T on Instagram. And I'll where can always, they buy your gear? Um, same same website or same name. Uh, GetWisdomFirst.com. That's G E T W I S D O M One S T dot com. Um, and you'll find me on the World Wide Web. Mm. Um, or you could just DM me on the. Uh, Instagram. Slide into the DMs. Talk not, to Nurse Navarro. Not, ask him a question. Pick not his like brain. That. Not like that. Pick his brain. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, I even told you pre-podcast, you know, like, you know, um, I, I really don't know where wisdom is right now as far as like a business, but I'm definitely going to always be a part of the community and always wanting to, you know, bring value in some way. We're happy um, to have you on the squad, brother. So I appreciate you having me on. It's, you know, I, I want to give back to the community with knowledge, mm. you know, and experience from my perspective. Um, and ultimately, whatever I can do to help the Emo Brown Foundation, because it's the shit. Thank you, bro. Malagayan Pasco, Salamat. You're crazy, man. You're crazy, man. What? Motherfucker, I speak Tagalog. What's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> shit. Thank you, man. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at EmoBrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. Step to the crowd. I feel the strength.